Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Widowed mother Holly is radically tested when her teenage daughter, Betsy, experiences a profound enlightenment and insists that her body no longer belongs to herself, but in service to a higher power. Bound to her newfound faith, Betsy refuses to eat but loses no weight. In an agonizing dilemma torn between love and fear, Holly is forced to confront the boundaries of her own beliefs. The film is called A Banquet. And we're very fortunate to have with us today the director of the film, and that would be Ruth Paxton. Ruth, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful film. It's it's uh, beautifully paced. It looks great. You've had great performances out of Sienna Guillory, as well as okay. Jessica Alexander, and so many others are in the film that are just do a wonderful job. What inspired it? Well, that's really, I mean, in terms of the, the, the script, which was written by Justin Bull, I guess that's, that's a question more for him, for what inspired him to write the script. But, but for me, you know, the, when I read it, there were so many themes that spoke loudly to me. Um, and I guess I'm somebody who makes work that regularly dips into the psychological and explores like the darker terrain of mental health. Um, and so that that part of it was very you know obvious to me um, in in reading it. But beyond that, it was the relationships. You know, it was it was this these tender, difficult, gnarly relationships between mother and daughter that were just kind of you know horrific and tragic and hugely loving all at once. And and that sort of cocktail was you know that was what I really wanted to realize on screen. I, I was very sure about, you know, who these women were and that, you know, I could enrich their characters um, beyond what was on the page. Well, that's interesting the way you put that because not just the mother and daughter relationship, there other, there's another daughter in the story as well, but throughout the film, very strong performances, also very strong female characters throughout the film. There's nearly a, a man to be seen in this film, except, to bring some, well, there's one, one person, one male, that's not a negative force in the film, but most of the other ones are not particularly helpful in, in, uh, in the lives of these women. There is something about the UK and these folkloric tales. I just recently had on Lee Haven Jones for the feast mm-hmm. and, and Wheatley on not too terribly long before that. And there's something about folklore and and the way that it's told coming out of the British Isles, if you will, what is that connection for you? I mean, it feels like that's a strong element in in your film is this tale of the connection between the natural and in our lives. Is mm-hmm. that I think, I mean, you know, I suppose the the honest truth is that this film originated in America. So it was set in Boston, Massachusetts, the very first draft. And and it was it was translated for the UK. We kind of we kind of brought it here. Um, And that really changed the identity of the family because it was just, yeah, it was just a different vibe of of the kind of affluence and, and, and I guess, culture of of the family that we wanted that that would be living in this London suburb 
And I guess the, you know, the connection to, to the earth is kind of, I don't know, I, I have, I've, most of the films I've made have woods in them. I love the idea of going into the woods and working shit out and coming out a different person. That's a very Shakespearean theme, but it's also something that, um, I, yeah, I think, it, you know, I'm drawn to in the idea of folklore and fairy tale, but I'm not sure that I, I don't know, I'm not sure I really connect with the idea of, of it being a folkloric tale, this one. I don't know. I think I've told stories previously that are more so. Okay. Okay. It is a psychological thriller, to be sure. Uh, most of our our fear comes from the unknown, but the interaction between the characters and this whatever this force is that has inhabited Betsy's body, we're not sure of, and the way that plays out is... Uh, yeah, it's where the it's the that's the engine that drives the film. Um, I mentioned to you before we got started that for people who are looking for references, oftentimes people want to know, well, what's the film like? And I watching it, it really struck me how much it feels in the spirit of the shining. And the the again, the way that you shot it, the pace, the camera work, and the psychological horror that you bring to bear in the story. Let's talk a little bit about that. I'm really excited and flattered that you would make that connection because I, well, because it was a, you know, a focal reference for me in in realizing this film. But also, it's one of my favorite films, and it's one of the most scary films I think I've ever seen. And on the surface, I guess there's, you know, there's comparisons to be made in that it's a at heart a family drama. It's about a family that spiral in a in an enclosed space. Um, and, you know, I suppose the, the descent into madness of a particular character, like that's those things are, are true of this film. But for me, it's just more about this permeating sense of dread that's present in The Shining. It's such an uncomfortable ride. It's like I, I know that the cinematography is all trained towards keeping our attention in the, in the center of the frame so that we're always on edge uh, about what could be, uh, you know, coming from uh, from each side. And, you know, that sort of that approach to the cinematography is something that was definitely an inspiration to my director of photography and me. I mean, I think, you know, The Shining is is an important film to us on, you know, throughout our journey of making work together. But, yeah, it's it's. It's a film about the unknowable. It's a film about like the idea of something. And that's, you know, that's the kind of horror that I like really is, is, is really about the fear of the unknown, how you har harness the idea of anxiety, how you make people uncomfortable and how you keep that going throughout the film. I think I'm, I'm a person with anxiety. I've had, a, you know, I'm, I'm a person with a mood disorder and I have a difficult relationship with anxiety. And a lot of the work that I've made in the past is about trying to somehow give voice to it, trying to somehow show what it feels like to be in that state of mind, which for me has been the most frightening experiences of my life. You know, I've, I've, I've not seen a film, a horror film to rival the fear of going mad yourself yet. And that's, you know, for me, that's the real kind of horror that I want to sort of, you know, work towards and um, keep, well, keep, keep, keep working towards trying to understand, trying to articulate. And that is the, I think you're identifying something about your film and that idea of the horror being something that's, that's you, that is in fact, something unknowable about yourself 
and your inability to understand or to to bring it under control or those. And I'm also drawn to those kinds of films, those kinds of stories as well. I think there's so much to be learned. Literally, I do think the more we explore that territory and sort of demystify it in some way by telling stories about it, that's our strength as a, as a species to be able to relate those things back and forth to, to the point where we have a, we can in fact begin to own our own future or our own, our own well-being, right? Is that a fair way to put it? I couldn't agree more. I I really genuinely do, as both an artist and as a person. You know, when when I was diagnosed, when I was around thirty, one of the, the the best ways for me to kind of come to terms with having difficulties with my with my mental health was to try and better understand it. So you know, as much as I would, I tried. You know, I tried mindfulness. I've tried different kinds of therapy. The best thing for me was just really trying to understand how our brains work and what we're really afraid of and what it, what the beast is, what is the nature of this beast anxiety and looking into that and kind of trying to, I don't know, um, find ways to articulate it in, in the movies I was making was, was a very therapeutic process in itself. Um, and, it, you know, as much as it's not nice to be anxious, it's it's a great touchstone for kind of knowing when you're hitting that spot with with the films you're making and with the work you're making um i think yeah it helps you learn how to live better with whatever may be going on for you emotionally yeah and it does so beautifully this does it's a i, I can't say enough about well the story itself the, the acting is superb everyone in it is so good and um jessica alexander who i'm not familiar with uh, is just really terrific she really stays kind of in a the calmness of her throughout the film belies the chaos that is that is happening that is swirling around her and then and then mom who is trying to do all the right things but also has her own questions about life the meaning of life what it where we are in this kind of crazy scheme of 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 the universe is that am i is that, i'm being accurate about that or fair to that yeah, i'm nodding i'm nodding loads <laughs> absolutely i mean you know you've, you've hit the nail on the head there and i think jessica does give an incredibly confident performance for someone who's you know not a trained actor she's she she just really felt it the whole way through and really um carved a very unique personality for betsy i mean that's what an actor does with their role i'm not being naive but what i mean is that you know i i didn't she showed me a different betsy that, that than what i had in my head and hers was better you know so it was i really really enjoyed that about working with her yeah i mean you're right it's like that's one of the poignant moments i think in the film is when later on um when betsy's further down this dark path let's say she she kind of prods her mother with the question about the, the what is the point in everything and that's that's something that that you know holly is questioning and it's really meaningful to me because i remember i mean not to get too dark but i do remember when i was very depressed um that was the question i had and i remember that was the thing that that triggered like people around me to 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 understand the limits I'd you know reached basically it was like if if you're getting to that point where you're asking that question it means you're in a bad place I mean there's loads of other things that were indicating that for sure but it for me it's it's a bit of a kind of marker for like you know when you're questioning the point it it's yeah you're in a you're in a very different headspace and so the fact that 
that's that's what they share the bond that, that, that they kind of share across the narrative in this is yeah it's quite meaningful to me yeah and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention um lindsay duncan who plays the grandmother in the film and what a incredible presence she brings from the first frame that we see her she sort of appears <laughs> out of nowhere yes. sort of she's she's there. almost like a vampire like, <laughs> yes exactly that was sort of the yeah like oh she's here and she's the and she's just got interesting character i'm not sure exactly how i would characterize her except to say um I don't know what she, I, 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 help me out here. How would you describe her in terms of the progression of the story or the dynamic within the story? I mean, I think what, what she's there to do is give us an insight to the kind of Holly that, sorry, the kind of mother that Holly wants to be in light of the mothering that she's had. So, so there's, there's that. But I think I've been interested by audiences' reactions to June where people have kind of, seen her as a negative presence or, or as, as, as a sort of evil, you know, I mean, obviously I'm being very reductive, but like, a, a, you know, a difficult granny. And yeah, you know, she's, she's not a soft, cuddly granny, but, you know, she just, I think the point of each of the female characters is that they're just doing their best right. and she was just doing her best. And yeah, she's a little atypical for a woman of her generation. That's what makes her interesting. And that's, you know, kind of, I guess, I think through June's character, you get a sense of, you know, not only Holly's experience of growing up, but also like, you know, why she looks the way she does, why her house is presented the way it is. It's, you know, there you get a sense of a culture of this family in a wider sense. And Lindsay was, um, she was, she was awesome. And I, I say that in the truest sense of that word, she really had us all like in the palm of her hand when, when she was performing, she was just incredible. And I think, you know, you can really see that in the counter performances from Betsy when she's playing in that scene with her and stuff. It's like, it was electric on the day. Well, I want to offer just sort of a quick sort of comparison. I don't know if it's apt, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. And that is, in The Exorcist, you know, the doubting priest comes in and it says bullshit. Yeah. And and that's you kind of needed that to be said out loud, like because what that's one possible explanation. Right. Yes. Right? I mean, you want that to sort of be in the mix. And she does it so effectively that you you well, that you want to believe it. You want to believe that. Right. She makes you she makes you slightly hate Betsy in that moment. Like yeah. for me, when she gets up and leaves the room and you see, the, I mean, it's like she's been smacked across the face, Betsy. Yeah. She hasn't, but it's the effect of that telling yeah. off has had that, you know, resonance. And you almost feel like you silly girl. Like it makes you really, really not only doubt her, but slightly hate her because you're like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Because as you say, this, this authoritative figure, of course she's right. Of course Lindsay's right. So that's that's a cool comp. I like that with the Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, congratulations on, on the film. Yeah. Again, the film is called A Banquet. So the film comes out here in the states in on February eighteenth, coming out, and be looking for it. And it's an IFC film release. It's IFC is really on a roll. I've been uh, talking to to a few filmmakers who are who are have being distributed through them, and boy, what a great bunch of films are coming through them and uh, this is one of them <laughs> thank you it's an amazing place to be i'm happy to so happy <laughs>
Absolutely. Well, again, the film A Banquet, and we've been joined today by the director, Ruth Paxton. Ruth, all the best. Come back whenever you've got something else. And uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mike. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music